2: Hey, welcome back. Jimbo in for Bobby Mack at 106.3 W.O.R.D., the Upstate's talk station, and uh, also 106.3 W.O.R.D.com, and uh, 101.5 FM in Anderson, and uh, one FM in Clemson, Pickens, and uh, Seneca. Just had some friends of mine, by the way, move to Anderson recently, uh, tipped them off to this because they had uh, always enjoyed listening to 106.3, but uh, you can't pick that up, the FM uh, version of 106.3. Uh, Anderson. So I said, we'll try 101.5. And they said, hey, isn't that special? Yeah, it is, as a matter of fact. It is, as a matter of fact. All right. Uh, For those who listen to 106.3 WORD on the weekends, and you should be listening, of course, all the time, taking time out for meals, of course, uh, be advised that the Best of Bohannon this Sunday evening, 8 till 10 p.m. every Sunday. 8 p.m. hour this week, uh, Frank Sorrentino, uh, political science and constitutional law expert and uh, the author of uh, the book Presidential Power in the American Political System will be talking about the latest on the on the Hunter Biden investigation and uh, where that could possibly go. Uh, there's a term, by the way, that's been used about that that I want to come back to here in a second. Uh, the second hour, the 9 p.m. hour Sunday night on the best of canon, will be uh, uh, Paul Siegert's Uh, managing partner with PCS Advisors, to take a look at the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Now, back to the notion of Hunter Biden, and we are told that this involves tax questions, investigation going on for some time. Uh, It also may involve other terms, and one of them is money laundering. Now, that's a very telling term. The term money laundering, stop and think about your daily transactions. Okay, yesterday, I out and uh, I bought gas for my car and I bought some groceries. Used a credit card for both of them. Those were my financial transactions today. Not exactly big time, but hey. Those are all credit card records. There's no need for me to hide or disguise any of those transactions. I could show you a receipt for the gasoline and I could show you a receipt for the groceries. okay. I don't need to hide that or disguise that. Money laundering is reserved for situations in where you are engaged in financial transactions, but you just assume that the world didn't know a whole lot about it. That uh, is, is very tough Because the fact this involves money laundering, it's possible with all the regulations and laws that exist out there, it's possible for people to... Uh, inadvertently do something wrong. That happens. Yes, it does. Oh, oops. I went and did this, and I shouldn't have done this. Sorry about that. It happens. doesn't I mean you aren't guilty of breaking the law, but it happens. People who do that kind of thing, who accidentally, inadvertently, wander into a breaking of rules, a breaking of the law, don't engage in money laundering because they don't think they're doing anything wrong. The only time in which you would engage in any money laundering, that is to say to size financial transactions, is not only when you have done something wrong, it is when you know you have done something wrong. That, and again, the fact it's uh, 610, by the way, at at, uh, 1063 WORD. That would be very telling because it would tell us that if Hunter Biden engaged in money laundering, that he not only was engaging in some bad activity, illegal, immoral, fattening, whatever, but he knew it. Because if you accidentally cross the line on a law, you don't money launder because you didn't think you crossed the line. The other thing that I find most interesting about this entire investigation of Hunter Biden is that the Biden transition team made the announcement. They felt they had to make the announcement. Why is that? Why do they feel that? There's only one reason that you do this. And this, of course, is classic inside the Beltway butt covering. You do that if you know that a story is out there, the story is not going to go uh, away, and you have to get on top of the story. So better you talk about it first before anybody else does. Trust me, the Biden team... Very much wants us to look forward to uh, four years of socialist heaven under Joe Biden with all these fine nominees he's coming up with to to run uh, society the way he thinks that they should be run. And the last thing he wanted to talk about was the 'er ne'er-do-well son, Hunter. They would not have brought this up if they did not think. So that's two things that make me think there's considerable credence considerable credibility to this entire Hunter Biden story one the Biden team brought it up themselves they need to get ahead on the story as their feeling and the other is the fact that money laundering has been mentioned as a possibility we don't know yet but money laundering charges again nobody engages in money laundering does not think that they're breaking the rules somehow some way by the way, the Wall Street Journal is reporting now 12 minutes back, that uh, Attorney General Bill Barr did uh, two federal investigations in uh, involving Biden Hunter Biden for a couple of months uh, of several months actually. Barr has known about the probe since at least last spring, and worked to avoid their public disclosure during the election campaign. Now, that is uh, according to uh, Justice Department guidelines. Justice Department guidelines caution investigators from taking any overt actions as an election year near, so that they are not seen as trying to influence the outcome. Uh, yeah, I suppose that could be could be used uh, to protect any anybody, any uh, politician. But of course, obviously, it it, uh, it didn't work to protect President Trump when the, the Russia collusion scam was uh, was going after him. The theory behind that, that guideline, is an understandable theory. But its application in this particular case, you protect Joe Biden but not Donald Trump? I mean, that's the way it reads. Uh, of course, Republicans and President Trump had pressed Barr for months to pursue Hunter Biden. Well, as we now know, in fact, there was such a pursuit taking place that we just weren't hearing anything about it. This uh, surprisingly has upset the president who blasted the FBI and the Department of Justice over the news that uh, Hunter Biden is under federal investigation and he has demanded to know why this probe wasn't announced before the November election. Well, again, I would assume that by now he knows why. It's because of of the Justice Department guidelines on that subject. If he doesn't care for the guidelines, as far as I know, these are not laws. (laughs) These are the Justice Department guidelines, and as the, uh, the head of the executive branch, the president himself could have uh, invalidated that particular guideline, presumably. Uh, according to the New York Times, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware has opened one investigation against Hunter Biden. And that happened in late 2018. That was before his father even became a presidential candidate. It includes inquiries into potential violations of money laundering, again, those are the two words, and tax laws. And sources close to the investigation say the money laundering part of the case uh, did not gain traction. Well, let's find out if it does. All right. Stay with us. More to come. Jimbo for Bobby Mack. The time now, 6.15. Call from mom.
1: Answer it. Call silenced.
2: six twenty at one oh six three W O R D thank you for joining us this afternoon Jimbo in for Bobby Mac. It's two weeks before Christmas. Are you ready? Uh I'm not really that ready, but uh I'll I'll get there. I always do. Always do. In the meantime, uh something that uh, we have not had a chance to talk a great deal about, but uh there's another Central American caravan forming down in Honduras. And heading north, and of course their assumption is that by the time they make it to the U.S. border, that there will be a new administration in place, one that is intent on not building one more foot of border wall. It's still not clear whether or not uh, a president Biden <laughs> would actually uh, tear down any wall. That that has not been. Been made clear at all. He doesn't like the wall. He considers it bad optics. It, it looks bad. We don't look inclusive. We don't look welcoming. And we shouldn't be for people who try to break in. Uh, I think the optics of that wall are perfect. We are not the international flophouse. Get the hell out. If we want you, you'll be the first to know. And there are those I'm sure that we do. Yes, we do need workers to pick fruits and vegetables. But under our rules, as we decide, and again, not just letting people in so that once they're here, we never check on them. That needs to change. If Biden is in, uh, you can forget about that. Now, we, we will become more and more the international flophouse. And this uh, nonsense that uh, Biden is uh, all in favor of border security. No, you're not. No, you're not. At one time, you at least gave lip service to the concept. But these days, you're just blowing smoke, Mr. Biden. I'm sorry. No, you're not. He seems to say, you know, we we won't have a wall. We'll have high-tech solutions. We'll have uh, cameras. We'll have have drones. We'll have uh, sound detection. This way, I guess, the theory is that as people break in, we can see them. We can wave to them, perhaps. But we won't do anything to try and actually stop them because, heaven forbid, that would not be inclusive. (laughs) Uh, It's unbelievable the the level of of naive nonsense that uh, stands a good chance of becoming national policy in uh, just a few short weeks. Anyway, at uh, 23 past uh, 6, this new caravan is uh, mostly people from Honduras uh, heading uh, toward Guatemala which is the last country in Central America before Mexico. That uh, southern border with Mexico and and Guatemala used to be a pretty tight border. It's not been so much so uh, recently. But uh, they are going to be trying to reach the U.S. southern border, of course. Uh, Part of the uh, incentive for them to do so is uh, a couple of hurricanes that brought economic devastation to uh, a good portion of Central America. I am sorry about that. I have no problem whatsoever with humanitarian aid. All fine. I have a big problem with them deciding that they're going to drop by for as long as they feel like and stick around. That is not their decision to make. Again, we live in a world of sovereign countries. That in and of itself is enough to make those on the left grind their teeth, but it's a fact. We live in a world of sovereign countries. A sovereign country has the absolute right to determine who is their country for how long, for what reason, and that's a fact. Uh, There was some years ago a protester in California who had a sign that read, uh, Immigration is a Right. And as far as I remember, I think he spelled every word correctly, so at least he had that much down pat. Uh, His knowledge of uh, the law was a little bit shaky. No one has a right to enter anybody else's country anywhere without that country's permission. No, immigration is not a right, never has been a right. If I have about it, it never will be a right. It is a privilege which may be extended or may be withheld, depending on what the country decides to do. On what basis, you might ask, does the country make that determination? On any basis it feels like. We'll only let in left-handed people, we'll only let in people with hangnails, we'll only let in people with mopeds, whatever. Now, I'll grant you I wouldn't be in favor of any of those particular bases for letting people in, kind of stupid. Uh, any country uh, should certainly have an enlightened approach to its immigration policies, but the enlightened approach is to let people in when it is to the benefit of the host country. Any enlightened immigration law system must be based on what is in the best interest of the host country. Most countries know that. What you see in regards to most countries is just that. We'll let people in based on what's in our best interest. Now, those who, of course, are uh, uh, of bleeding heart uh, uh, capacity, uh, those, in fact, as I call them, hemophiliac liberals, they, they bleed for cause, say, well, what about the poor people of, of Central America? The response to would be, yes, what about them? Not our problem. Again, I have no problem with sending humanitarian aid if we decide to do so, and we probably should. No problem with that. I have a severe problem with them deciding they're just going to march up here and in. No. Now then, this wall that is so much maligned by Joe Biden and others on the left, this wall has actually, where it's been used, done a good job. Of keeping people not perfect. No, no method of protection is perfect. There is no home security device that is perfect. Yes, people sometimes tunnel under walls. Sometimes people climb over walls. That's not the point. The point is that the type of walls that we've put up have been, in, in the main, very successful. And uh, they have been successful in such countries as diverse Israel and Hungary in Europe. Walls work. And they are there for the express purpose of reminding people who don't want to be reminded of it that uh, you do not have a right to come in here. The optics, Mr. Biden, are perfect because we are not that inclusive, at least not by your standards, we're inclusive to the extent that someone's entry into this country is to our benefit and not for any other purpose whatsoever. Uh, Those who say, but it's all racism, their fallback position, of course, when they have to say, oh, it's racism. Really? Really? All those dark-skinned people from the nation of India that we let into this country because we need them in terms of high-tech jobs? Really? I don't notice anybody checking their skin color to let them in. Not racism at all. When you hear that anymore, it used to be that the charge of racism would be caused to actually stop and say, wow, racism. Maybe we should look into this. These days, the automatic response to the charge of racism, oh, here we go again. Somebody has run out of arguments, and so they're going to charge racism. Does that mean that no racism exists? No, it does not. But it does mean that the charge has been so eroded that you can't take it at face value anymore. So you hear the charge about our our, uh, entire immigration policy is racist. That's a crock. Uh, It is one of the things. Either it is the bleedings of truly ignorant people, which is true in some cases, and the other is that it is the bleedings of people who are not that ignorant, but who are lying because they have an agenda. And the the, the people who turn out to be talking heads on television and radio are people who, in the main, know full well that it's not racist, but it plays with their audience. So I'll be very curious as to what happens. Should Joe Biden be sworn in on January the 20th and these Honduran migrants, and of course that number of 1,000 will only increase as they head north through Mexico. I'll be very curious as to just how Joe plans to uh, deal with that. Just let them in? Make them promise pretty please, cross their heart, and hope to die that they won't do it again? Lord only knows. Jimbo for Bobby Mack on this Friday afternoon, and uh, we'll be back with more. It's now 629. Welcome back to the Bobby Mac thing. Uh, Jim Bohannon sitting in for Bob today, and uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has now rejected the uh, Texas election lawsuit, in which it was joined by 18 other states. That is tossed out, saying, as uh, as I had uh, unfortunately predicted, that uh, uh, Texas lacked standing. Uh, standing is a very big thing for judges and for courts. You can, I think, make the case that they do have standing. As I say, I would frequently in many cases say that uh, being a citizen, a voter, and a taxpayer is sufficient to give me standing on a lot of things. But uh, the Supreme Court has tossed it out. That is now a done deal. It is at this point uh, difficult to see just exactly what is left in the arsenal for the Trump administration. That was the big one, the lawsuit by the uh, 19 states, including Texas, tossed out uh, for lack of standing. Again, uh, I sort of thought that was coming, and uh, and so it was. So, for what it's worth, we pass that along this afternoon as the uh, electoral college is still set to meet Monday in the various state capitals, and uh, it would appear as though they will cast votes that uh, total up to about, 306, I think, was the figure for Joe Biden. Uh, the president, of course, has argued that even that is no longer the last line of defense, that the last line of defense is the actual counting of the votes before the uh, the Congress, uh, led by uh, the vice president of the United States, which, of course, is uh, Mike Pence. And that happens on January 6th, the day after the Georgia election. We'll see. But for the moment... Uh, The Texas lawsuit, joined by 18 other states, tossed by the Supreme Court for lack of standing. Checking out the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at uh, 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. 71307, if you don't happen to have that, 71307. Big gem for that caravan heading this way. Would napalm be too much? Asking for a friend. Your friend, by the way, must have a, an unusual collection of toys, but that fact notwithstanding. Oh, I'm sure that it would be considered too much, yes. Okay. Uh, I would just much prefer an actual wall. I don't care if they march to Mexico, Mexico wants to let them do that. Uh, I just want them stopped at the wall. So, anyway, that's where we stand at this uh, juncture. Without much in the way of co- The Supreme Court has rejected the lawsuit. And as I say, from the standpoint of legal procedure, I'm not sure just exactly what the Trump administration has left at this point, other than uh, hoping that uh, something in Congress can be brought forward to try and challenge the uh, certified election results. Uh, But of course, that wouldn't happen in the House under Democratic control. So. I'm not even sure it would happen in the Senate. Quite frankly, that enough Republicans would go along with the notion. But for what it's worth, we pass it along this afternoon. It's uh, now 21 minutes before seven o'clock at 106.3 uh, W O R D. And uh, just checking some of the things out here, I had put together a number of things today as, as I looked out on the things that uh, that Donald Trump has done and that uh, Joe Biden has not done. And, uh, of course, the vaccine trumps all the way, but Biden's not going to toss it out. He'll, he'll have to accept it. Uh, the Mideast peace deals with four countries now, Morocco being the latest. You think that a Biden administration will toss that out? No. How do you take credit for that, though? That, that, even for a plagiarist, that's going to be t- tough to do. The sparkling economy that the president had before we arbitrarily shut it down Biden is not prepared to go back to that. He is clearly putting together the third term of Barack Obama, and uh, it was under Obama that we decided we didn't need that kind of economic growth. The heck with all of those people, many of them, of course, minority workers who couldn't find a job because we had arbitrarily slapped on the economy so many rules and regulations. Now, we'll go back to those good old days when these people are out of work which is something, by the way, that people of color might want to keep in mind uh, the next time that there's an election. Do you want to continue your historic support for the Democrats who are going to get in the way of your economic well-being and your family's economic well-being? Something to think about. Of course, what we hear is uh, stuff like this from a uh, a, uh, male Nanjiani. Is uh well, let's just put this podcaster, okay? Uh, she's very big on feminism, men and masculinity. She's spoken all over this country and uh, other countries as well, and she's been trashing male Trump supporters, <laughs> calling traditional masculinity a disease. <laughs> Gosh, I feel feel terrible. Maybe I should transpose all of my notes an octave higher here. I don't know. Uh, that, that's the kind of things we hear. Uh, people like this, Kamel Nanjiani, whoever the hell that is, uh, she, she will not be speaking, of course, about vaccines, and she will not be speaking about a ragingly fast economy, and she'll not be speaking about... Peace deals in the Middle East. She'll be talking about uh, traditionally masculine disease that uh, male Trump supporters have. That's the kind of stuff that you hear. You don't hear stuff like this. The cancer charity, the Biden initiative, gave out no money to research, spent most of its contributions on staff salaries. This own filings, by the way. The Biden Cancer Initiative was founded in 2017 by Joe and Jill Biden to develop and drive implementation of solutions to accelerate progress in cancer prevention, detection, diagnosis, research, and care, and to reduce disparities in cancer outcomes. Okay. For the fiscal years 17 and 18, the charity took in $4.8 million in contributions, spent 3000000 million-plus on payroll and... Uh, did not, according to their own tax filings, it's not what somebody else would say, it's what they say, did not give any money to research. It also spent uh, $57,000 on conferences and $59,000 on travel in 2018, the same year they were paying the uh, head person at that uh, particular charity uh, uh, $420,000 in annual pay. So... That's the kind of thing that you will not be hearing about, I'm afraid, in the future, because everything that Joe Biden touches will be automatically wonderful. I am encouraging, uh, encouraged, I should say, that the New York Times is actually admitting that Hunter Biden's legal problems could be a problem for a Biden administration. Whether that will lead to aggressive reporting on it, I'm not placing any bets on that, but uh, at least they are admitting it's a problem. That's nice to know. That's nice to know. Texter here says, uh, uh, Jimbo, I agree napalm might be a little too much. Let's use cluster bombs instead. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I admit that the word cluster probably applies somewhere here, although in what exact context probably uh, shouldn't be brought up on the the radio at this particular time. Anyway, to repeat uh, what we have this evening, the U.S. Supreme Court, has tossed out the uh, Texas Attorney General lawsuit, which was joined by 18 other states, holding that the presidential election was uh, tainted and the uh, the voters in Texas harmed by actions taken in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan, that they violated their own election laws, which they did. We uh, went down the list of the various ways that they did so but several different ways in each of those states. That argument was tossed because of the Supreme Court's definition of the term standing. That is to say that a state does not have standing to question how its handling of its, uh, its elections is, is conducted. Uh, the fact that they broke their own rules in conducting it that way, not a factor the Supreme Court. The state of Texas has no business bringing it up. Jimbo for Bobby Mack, 15 before 7. Welcome back to the Bobby Mack thing here at 1063 WORD, the Upstate's talk station. And, uh, of course, we're also at 1063WORD.com at 101.5 FM in Anderson, 95.1 FM in Clemson, Pickens and Seneca. And if you missed this, just within the past hour, the Supreme Court issued its ruling that uh, rejected the uh, uh, demand led by the state of Texas and uh, by uh, 18 other states to nullify what are, what it would amount to have been to have nullified about 10.4 million votes in four states that uh, put uh, Joe Biden over the top uh here is uh what uh, one uh, one statement here let's see here finding uh let's see here Oh, trying to read through this. uh, uh, Texas's effort to get this court to pick the next president has no basis in law or fact. The court should not abide this uh, seditious abuse of the judicial process and should send a clear and unmistakable signal that such abuse must never be replicated. Uh, That was the argument from the state of uh, Pennsylvania, by the way. In uh, in this uh, particular case, so uh, uh, obviously they were uh, they were pleased in that regard. Again, the the uh, basis for the uh, overturning of this bid was the issue of the wording of standing. Uh, what who has standing uh, to bring about a court case? In this particular case, it was ruled by the Supreme Court that Texas, in fact, any other state, has no standing to uh, say. Uh, how a state may conduct its uh, its election laws. Uh, that is particularly interesting in view of the fact that these states engaged in uh, actions in violation of their own laws. The Supreme Court did not address that. They addressed, in particular, only the issue of whether or not uh, Texas had standing. Uh, clearly, the Supreme Court wanted no part of this uh, This whole situation and that was the the best argument they could give Uh, suffice it to say at this juncture it is very difficult to see what legal recourse the president has the uh, the uh, electoral college is to vote on Monday the president has said before that if he lost in the electoral college that he would concede the election whether or not he would consider this to be a basis for such a concession uh, is not at all clear at this point. But again, what the president can do next is also uh, not clear. Uh, Texters this afternoon at the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line of 71307. The Supreme Court is just another court now. Nothing to see. Move on. Uh, I wish that were true. In point of fact, it is still uh, a court with a lot of clout, and in this particular case, that clout has been exercised, so I wish it was just another court, but unfortunately, it is not. It is the court that has uh, has pretty much ended this uh, election battle. Texter says, Jimbo, the Supreme Court, just lost its respect and integrity uh, to the extent that it had a lot. Yes, I suppose you could certainly say that. Jimbo Scotus just became a circular firing squad, says this Texter uh they just enabled the left the leftists to stack justices well that'll be up to uh, to congress to decide and uh, and whether or not in fact a president biden if that's in fact what we're going to get uh, would go along with that uh that hasn't been made clear yet my guess would be that Probably Biden will go the same direction as the deputy political director for John Ossoff down in the Georgia Senate race, and that is to say they'll wait and see. If they get their way on any Supreme Court nominations that they can make, if, in fact, somebody else on the Supreme Court dies or retires or resigns or is incapacitated, then uh, we'll see if, in fact, they get any openings. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure who else would be likely at this juncture, honestly, uh, Clarence Thomas is one of the older members of the court. You know he's not going anywhere. If, if in fact Joe Biden is around, he will stick around for the same reason that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was sticking around uh, under Donald Trump, because that uh, he will not want to be replaced by uh, by a Joe Biden. Texter says, uh, "Jimbo, we survived eight years of Obama. He was a conniving guy, sweet talker. Joe uh, Biden is just an idiot." Dot dot we can survive that standing on our heads well we may have to put that to the test anyway uh we got our man bobby mack back on monday jimbo here and it's been a lot of fun folks we'll see you